0: Scaling New Heights on the New Stack Makers is a new series that goes behind the scenes with engineering managers at the rapid growth companies that make modern life possible. Our guest host, Christine Hecker, CEO of Scaler, talks with engineering leadership at companies like Robinhood, Airbnb, and Nextdoor about the technical and human challenges their teams face at scale and how they survive the valley of despair. Tune in at the newstack.io slash makers and subscribe to the newstack makers wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Joining us today is Anthony Johnson. Anthony was most recently principal engineer and architect in charge of cloud services at Ellie Mae. He was implementing what the business needs for cloud, and it was his responsibility to close the gaps but he's recently joined Scalar as our field CTO. And his job is to bring the knowledge that he has from the last 20 years of trying to build event data clouds and observability systems to the benefit of our customers. Anthony, welcome to Scaling New Heights.
2: Thank you, glad to be here.
1: So start with just why you made the decision to join Scalar.
2: Sure, uh, it's, a, it's a great question because I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and. You look around and, you know, our friends are losing their jobs and why on earth would would I leave a company where it, it's actually, you know, finances, Ellie you know, Mae does, um, does finance work and people are buying more houses and refinancing today. So there was definitely I had job security. So why leave? Um, basically, um, I think it had to do with what I was doing at Ellie Mae and what Scalar was doing. And I built off of existing technologies, built on Elasticsearch, you know, built what I thought was going to be the most ex- extremely scalable, best for the business. And then I looked at what I built and I realized, I'm like, did I really do the business a great service? And I looked at where Scalar was at and I looked at where I needed Scalar to be. And I'm like, you know, they're going the right direction. And I think if I join, I can actually give back to sort of the greater industry of, of you know, help, 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 help deliver solutions that the industry needs, um, just with some better insights in there. And like I said, my, my goal is hopefully Ellie May long term will be using Scalar Technologies. That, definitely that's my, my hope and dream. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I ended up here today is, you know, fun challenges, one to get there.
1: Love it. Well, we are delighted to have you. And this is kind of your first opportunity to pay it forward. Three different times you have built essentially the event data cloud um, and the observability platform for your company. Take us through that journey. Like, what did you do? What was your original vision? And then let's start to dig into what was hard about it.
2: You know, I mean, many people have built this sort of system of, of, of record of, of, of statistics. It might have been from different perspectives all along the way. And so I think, you know, if I go back about 10, 15 years, there was a messaging system that um, I helped um, support and run uh, that supported um, government, like senators and their aides, all communicating back and forth for legislation and, and coordination. And this was a huge, this was an AT&T, um, BlackBerry sort of um, service that they offered. And and we had it was a huge Java platform. And, you know, these logs were very valuable. And so at the time, you know, I looked at them, I go, well, we didn't really, you know, we had sort of a, you know, sort of a Splunk kind of thing. But we really, what we needed, really needed was statistics from these. And so I, you know, um, over a July 4th weekend, I had an epiphany. I'm like, hey, why am I not scraping these and building metrics off of them? And, and that's what I did. I, I you know, wrote a, uh, you know, you get, you, you know, I wrote a little C program because this was very mission critical. Can't go put a lot of things that use CPU on there, deployed it out, it auto updated, did all sorts of crazy things, and eventually emitted metrics that ended up into an RRD database, uh, round, round, round robin database, which is sort of a kind of a, you know, where we, you know, which is storing event, you know, event data. Uh, event metrics, time series metrics, and uh, and we visualize these with Cacti, and um, you know, not not quite, you know, it's not quite logs at this time. There was Syslog server, of course, but getting at those metrics of the logs was very valuable. And so we built this system. You know, we used it to be able to fix, you know, fix outages. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it was a proprietary system of code I wrote that, you know, none of the other guys I worked with could even, um, you know, could barely spell C. So uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm sure that that system, that product ultimately went away, got bought by another company, but that, that was, you know, didn't, didn't really make the cut. So um, fast forward, you know, I'll just use more recent experiences because I think those are fun. You know, at Ellie Mae, we built, I built two systems built off of Elasticsearch. One was, you know, going with Amazon Elasticsearch service and, um, and this sort of, Hey, I'm going to pay somebody else to run Elasticsearch for me. And you know, we admitted, This was specifically a logging platform. We emitted logs to it. We wrote connectors with uh, with Lambda to be able to get logs in there. You could write directly to it. And uh, the system worked great until it until it didn't work great. Um, and this is, you know, we had scaling challenges with um, with AWS Elasticsearch Service. There were limits on how many nodes we could have. Um, there were limits on on the URL I could present to my users. And they've solved a lot of these problems today. But again. I'm limited by by my vendor on a lot of these, and especially if that vendor is wrapping another vendor. And so at the at the end of it, um, you know, we could only keep three days online uh, by the end of that product. And we pivoted to a build your own Elasticsearch uh, cluster licensed from from Elastic. And but at the time, it took us to build that Elastic, you know, our own sort of on-prem. I mean, it was it was months and months and months, and the business got. You know, it was like when is it going to be delivered? When is it going to be delivered? We're tired. We want more than three or four days of um, of data, and like I said, it, it was a lot. It was pretty tedious. We built it. You know, it was successful and it ran great until it didn't run great, and um, and so we were at um, around two terabytes a day. You know, probably about fifty to sixty data nodes. You know, we really started running into a lot of problems: problems with cluster management, uh, problems with uh, data latency coming into the system. And ultimately, it's, you know, the business, Ellie Mae's business was not running Elasticsearch. At the end of the day, they wanted to refinance.
1: Right, uh, right. So, um, dig into that a little bit. Like Ultimately, like you say, you you were able to build a successful service. But it took a lot of effort um, to do that, and you ran into some roadblocks. Pick two or three just of the biggest challenges that if you're going to go down this path what is it that you should be prepared for from a cost from a scalability from a challenge perspective complexity whatever
2: well so let me start off with um i in hindsight i honestly don't consider my you know it delivered it took in four terabytes of data a day with some tender loving care it would support but i don't consider it a success and the reason i don't consider it a success is is really the first challenge, which is continuity of the thing, um, because people have smart engineers come in. Those smart engineers like myself and, um, you know, LMAX called them clever engineers or clever troublemakers. And uh, and the reality is, is that a, a, is that a smart engineer in, um, you know, in a, not everybody has the ability to work at Google. You know, Google has tons of the best engineers. Amazon has tons of the best engineers. And that's not to say that Ellie May's engineers are, are bad. It's just that they're, they want to do, you know finance related work not um you know orchestrating possibility so the system i built i have very low low confidence that they're really going to be able to support it long term Um, the reality is is that i built a system that worked and as long as i was there it would be great and if this if the company was going to fund it with three or four individuals it had been highly successful but it's a distraction for the business it's not their business use case so i think that's one of the biggest challenge the biggest challenges is continuity um, I think beyond there, I think, um, I think, especially with Elasticsearch, Kibana can be a bit daunting. It's a great product. Um, there is a lot to take in. And, um, you know, training was definitely an issue. Um, the pivot from Splunk, because we did migrate from Splunk to to Kibana, there are a lot of shortcomings um, with how you query. Um, so I definitely, you know, and a lot of disappointed users when they were like, well, in Splunk, I could just on the fly do this and this and this and this and, this and derive this. And Kibana is not that way. You have to be much more upfront with your data, which luckily for Scalar where we, we have Power Query that, that supports a lot of these features that uh, Kibana, Kibana and Elasticsearch can't. Um, and I think third, if I'm looking for a, for a big one, um, I really think, actually let's talk about indexing. The strategy here is, you know, not one index to rule them all, but every team gets an index or they get a subset of indexes. You know, we, we want them to be logically grouped to an application getting teams to to adhere to a consistent schema I think was impossible and so when you when you're fluid with your schema it's not a great thing for elasticsearch you know you you start ending ending up with data loss you start ending up with queries to the system not working um, because shards are incompatible between indexes and so I think a lot of those challenges where it's just did not work the way expected or because our users are fluid the schema wasn't and the the engine behind it it was expecting everything to just be a little too perfect. I'd say those are my big three.
1: So Scalar doesn't use indexing. And so I don't understand a lot about it, but I hear often talking with people like you and other customers that indexing itself has some really positive sides and then it has its own limitations or downsides. Can you just highlight two, three, four things that you think stand out as some of the problems with indexing if you're working with high cardinality data sets?
2: I mean, I will give you the insights that I've learned over time. And um, and so I, I, first off, I think we say Scalar doesn't in, doesn't index. I honestly think Scalar does index, but we don't index in the, we don't index in the most popular way, which is the inverted index. And so for more, most people, they're like, what is inverted index? It's simply think about your your um your index at the at the end of your favorite um you know bird watching you know book you know you go to the very end and there's uh you know if you want to learn about cardinals there's you learn about it on page 50 53 and 74. and because you see it on page 50 and 53 there's some uh you know there's some you know you can see some frequency there and you know what you should probably focus your energies there that's probably where cardinals are the most important or robins whichever one i mentioned and so you know so logically grouping the data um, and knowing where you know, and knowing where the data is by keyword, I think is is an important way to do it. And the way that Elasticsearch accomplishes it is really, you know, is really sort of let's tokenize all the data, let's throw out common words like is and the and these because that would be hit every document and it's pointless. And then let's keep a you know, here's the here's the here is the documents where all these keywords are found. So that's sort of the principles of it. I mean, the reality is is that the advantage of indexing, of course, is that you know you put in a term um, you know you don't have to search across all of your documents you put in a term you know it's in document five seven and three you go pull up five seven and three you can instantly tell the user because you're just doing a length on an array because it's literally just sort of this field is in these documents you can do in a length and say oh it's in three documents you give them the first three documents and they're happy um, the challenge comes is what happens when there's um, you know what happens when you have a field that is changing very rapidly you know and let's say you know you you know or or is always unique you know then all of a sudden you throw in a billion records now in that field you have a list of a billion items and so it really doesn't add that much value um in fact it can you know be detrimental to trying to do any sort of you know and this you know and, and in an indexed world is really just oh well, let me take this field and let me take this field and merge them together that's our total documents we're bringing in there and there's so there's, you know, they start with So is
1: it an agility problem? Like what?
2: It's a scalability problem at the end of the day, because index growth, indexes can grow exponentially and the way that Elastic says, oh, well, you need to go control. You need to go influence the indexer to reduce the index size. That's how you scale. And I'm, as an end user, as a consumer of Elasticsearch, I'm like, I don't want to waste my time doing that. I have better things to do. Why are you not smart enough? Why are you not smart enough to know how to do this for me or... Just forget about it. Let me just tell you on the fly what I want and you can just go figure it out. And so I've well, I started very much on a schema on write sort of camp where let's let's have every let's have the world entirely perfect and let's write it out. At the end of the day, I'm I'm much more in the schema on read now because the world's not perfect. Nobody understands the questions up front and nobody understands the value of data or they want to or invest the time until it until they need the the uh, until they want to ask the question. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. kind of drifted back and so really, the the question it really is, and um, I was lucky enough to to, to see one of um, Steve's uh, topics, is can you do that schema on read fast enough so that you don't annoy your users? You know, nobody wants to wait, and so that's really um, you know to make it work at scale, you've got to be able to to uh, to, to execute queries um, as fast as possible. Users are impatient.
1: So what is you know you talk about scale? Are there Four or five signs that you've kind of outgrown Elasticsearch.
2: I, I mean, I think I think they're the same signs that you would hit just about any scalable platform. You know, um, you know, m- just about every successful um, logging service, observability, telemetry, any sort of uh, they they all, they have buffers throughout the system. So if you're, you know, Kafka is one of these popular buffers um you know sqs um maybe holding s3 events is another popular buffer um you know just writing to disk you know Long stash can write to disk as an example and so but if those buffers start backing up and your users start complaining about um latency you know well hey i wrote this message i haven't seen it in an hour um or if you're in a really bad shape i haven't seen it in a day or eight hours then you know probably you're you're dealing with some scalability challenges Um, I think if you're doing local optimizations to meet, um, to sort of, to sort of solve these problems, I think is another issue where, you know, you're like, well, if I turn this knob right here, I can get 10% more, you know, 10% more out of it. And the reason that people are not just adding more nodes is because the business cares about cost. And so if you're going to just keep, you know, if you're continuously just keep adding nodes, you know that's a sign that you've outgrown it, and and honestly, the the biggest issue that I'm that I ran into was uh, index and shard growth, where you know I it just I just felt like I'm gonna have to sit to make this work. I'm gonna have to go in here and write a whole bunch of scripting around this thing to be able to meet their limitations, um, not because there's anything I did wrong. It's just that their system can't handle it, and so you start hitting those with too many shards. You know and they'll tell you well you can't have shards over 50 gigs in size and it's like well the reason that is is because they manage the they manage moving this data across their entire system and it just makes it too long and so you know these network challenges these ingest challenges they're all kind of the same problem of just elastic scalability hits its limits and the architecture hits its limits and it's it becomes uh becomes painful
1: so looking back is there one key lesson or something you would do differently
2: for me, for me, at the end of the day, I think my you could call it my my ego, my hubris, whatever you want to call it. smart engineers need to be careful um, because a smart engineer always wants an engineering challenge and always wants to show off how they've how they've done done the impossible or they've done something. and so, at Ellie Mae, the impossible was they were a Splunk shop paying a lot of money. And I said, well, gee, I'll, I'll go and build you a system. And I think this happens with a lot of engineers where they're just like, I, you know what, this is not that hard. And it truly wasn't that hard to do. Um, the challenge is, is that now you've signed up that business to own that thing long-term and let's be honest, you know, if you build an observability platform, the company wants to use that for, for three, five, you know, a decade, if possible you know, that's where they get their return on their investment and they want it to be the right decision. And so I think the challenge that, that I ran into is, is I say here and I said, wow, let's go do Elasticsearch." You know, it's great technology. It's, it's, it gives us vision. But at the end of the day, the reality was is I, you know, it probably should have not happened or, and I don't think this is lack of due diligence. I think it's, I think it's more of, I anchored myself towards a particular vendor because of, because it, it was the engineering challenge at the time, you know? Mm having it done for you is probably the right choice. Even if it costs more, it's probably the right choice. The advantage we have is that Scalar typically costs less, which is, which is an awesome, awesome problem to have.
1: Well, um, there's a lot more that we can learn from you and will, but before we close this session of Scaling New Heights, I wanna go through a quick lightning round with you. Are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite ice cream?
2: Uh, my favorite ice cream is Chunky Monkey by Ben & Jerry's.
1: Star Trek or Star Wars?
2: It's definitely Star Wars, um, but only the, um, the original three.
1: Okay, good answer. What's your least favorite food?
2: Least favorite food? Um, there's a food in Japan called natto, which is fermented soybeans. And uh, my wife being Japanese and my kids being um, a little bit of, you know, American and Japanese, they love it. And it just is, it's stinky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is the first place you're traveling once shelter and place is over? completely over?
2: Uh, Probably to see my brother and my mother in Jacksonville. Awesome.
1: And is there any TV show that you're binging right now? Uh,
2: I am, my kids and I are binging, binging uh, an anime called One Piece on uh, Netflix. And uh, I go in and out of it because it's a typical Dragon Ball Z where, you know, tough villain Oh, they got to build up their strength they face and they face them, then they win and it's like four or five episodes but I catch up on the fifth episode so I can just skip all of all of the, the drama
1: perfect all right our final question is what is the biggest or scariest thing you have ever personally scaled
2: scariest thing I have personally scaled honestly this the elastic search um, that I've done, <laughs> um because the challenge is and I think this this plays out a lot is that um you know when you're that center oper- you know when you're that center service person whenever you make a mistake it it can be felt for days or you know weeks afterwards you know moving data around you know data loss all of it comes into play and with large databases you know recovery can take you know can take 12 hours to to you know can take days and so I, that that to me in my career was the scariest thing that i have um that I have done at scale, which is which is honestly you know amazing story to hear from me as well. That that's the <laughs> problem we're trying to solve for people.
1: Yep, exactly. Which is why you're in exactly the right place, Anthony. Thank you for joining us on Scaling New Heights. It was a pleasure to have you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Scaling New Heights on the New Sack Makers. Tune in at thenewstack.io/makers and subscribe to the Newstack Makers wherever you get your podcasts.